The 2023 free agency is open and the Bills have made some moves. We're going to talk about those today on this week's episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your host, Justin Godfrey. Bills Mafia, welcome in and thank you again for joining me on another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show on the Buffalo Fanbase Podcast Network. My name is Justin and I am going to be your host today. Um, And this episode is brought to you by 26 Shirts. Um, We've been working with 26 Shirts for a while now. Um, Just awesome, awesome merch, um, doing great things in the community. Um, So, Brand, I'm really glad that we're able to work with, very proud to work with. Um, So if you haven't done so already, go ahead and check out 26 Shirts. Uh, Bill's Mafia, free agency has started. Um, If you've listened to this show to any regular degree, you know how much I love this time of year. And as much as I love watching the games be played and, you know, pulling for the Bills to win the whole thing, all that, um, the roster construction, uh, piece to football is, um, something that's really always intrigued me. Um, it, it kind of has me on the seat as much as, you know, watching a close game, whatever. Um, you know, the, the, the day the legal tampering period starts and, you know, I'm checking my phone every four minutes to see if I've missed something. Uh, I, I got NFL coverage on all day and, you know, Brandon Bean told us going into this offseason, you know, don't expect these crazy splashy moves. Don't expect tons of volume, whatever. Um, he's told me that before, and uh, we heard that last year, and he ended up uh, signing Von Miller uh, when free agency started. Um, so obviously nothing crazy like that has happened yet. Um, not likely to happen. Um, just with the financials involved with the team right now. Um, but that didn't stop Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills from making some moves. Um, a lot of moves that I, you know, kind of seen a, seem a little, you know, humdrum to me. Um, but a lot of moves that I, I'm in the big picture looking at that I'm pretty excited for. Um, so I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, kind of started out with um, Tim Settle and Naheem Hines. Um, kind of taking, they called it a restructure, kind of taking um, pay cuts to stay with the team. Um, And I liked both of these moves. Um, I'll start with Tim Settle. I was very excited to have brought him in last year. Um, And I don't think he really blew me away as much as I expected last year. I thought he was really going to, you know, kind of be this diamond in the rough that you gave playing time that he wasn't able to get before and he was really going to flourish um I don't think he exploded onto the scene like that um but I do think he was a valuable depth piece um and we're looking at a team that you know we had Jordan Phillips in the mix last year um as of right now he is still a free agent um so it kind of gives Tim Settle uh, a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more 
um, opportunity. Um, his number last year was a little bit high for me, so um, kind of being able to get him to stay in the mix with the team um, also kind of make it a more palatable number. Um, I think it's a win for both Tim Settle and the Bills. Um, Naheem Hines, uh, I'll start by saying that I'm glad he's back in the mix, uh, mostly due to the fact that, you know, we did make a trade to get him. We did give up assets to get him. And, you know, if that ended up being for a rental player that we had for, what, six, seven games last year where he wasn't heavily involved, um, I guess I would have just had a hard time seeing the return on investment there. Um, glad that we have him back around at, like Tim Settle, a more palatable uh, cap number. And he does have some incentives built into his contract, which is kind of, you know, able to get him back to what his number would have been um, if he's producing within the offense, which, you know, tells me, we heard a lot of people saying last year, why'd you go out and get this guy and then not even use him in the offense? Um, this move kind of tells me that they sat Hines down. Um, they're like, look, we need we need that cap hit to be lower. Um, we're going to be using you a lot in the offense this year, right? And we're going to give you these incentives baked into your contract that you know, if you're por- performing to any level that you're supposed to be, and we're getting you involved in the offense, you're going to hit those incentives. You're going to make the same amount of money. Um, so for everybody out there last year that was, you know, why'd we get Hines if he's not involved in the offense at all? Uh, I think we're going to see that go away this year. I think he's going to um, carve himself out a nice little role in this offense. And we'll get to a a move they made in free agency after the break today. Um but we have seen with this regime, um, going back to, you know, we had Andre Roberts, we had Isaiah McKenzie back there. Um, last year it was Hines. Um, when they have these players that are the primary returners and not much depth behind them, um, I think we've seen that those players aren't really involved in the offense very much. And I think that's kind of due to, you know, a fear of, if this guy goes down, what's the plan? You know, on on a team that has deep playoff run aspirations, um, are we going to have to be worrying about ball security on a on a kick return being you know something that swings the tide of the game? Um, so bringing Hines back for that special teams um, and being able to use him more in the offense with a subsequent move that was made to kind of bolster the special teams return game. Um, pretty excited about that as well. Um, some of the less exciting signings, I guess, if you will, um, that are necessary to this team and something that none of us should be surprised about at this point. Um, bringing back Tyler Medikevich on a two-year extension um, re-signing Sam Martin to a three-year extension, obviously the punter, and re-signing Tyler Dodson, or Terrell Dodson, I'm sorry. And like I said, these these special teams-only players that are getting brought back in, I know it's not the sexiest thing to see 
um, as free agency opens. Um, but these didn't surprise me at all. This has been a team that really focuses on having a strong special teams unit and in Terrell Dodson and Medikevich, especially, um, I think that we know what we're getting out of those players. You got them back at pretty reasonable deals and those were just kind of ones you're going to be filling out to a 90 man roster anyways. Um, they're players you're comfortable with their, uh, roles that you, you trust them to fill, um, so yeah, while you got some downtime in free agency, might as well bring those guys back in. It's going to happen anyways. Um, if it happened two weeks from now, I don't think we would really bat an eye at it, but it's kind of like everybody's waiting for Brandon Bean to make moves and it's like, oh, okay, we brought back Dodson. Um, I like it for special teams and I'll touch a little bit more on that in a moment. Um, but Sam Martin, three-year extension. Is it a little bit more than I want to pay a punter? Sure. Um, but Sam Martin was very good last year. I talked about this on a previous show. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to having three years where I don't have to have any sort of conversation about, you know, what the holder looks like. Uh, are we shanking punts left and right? And any of that nonsense. Um, it's a little bit expensive of a contract for me for a team that doesn't intend to punt very often um, if the offense is doing what it's supposed to be doing. But with the aspirations that this team has, um, it, it's just not something I want to play games with. Uh, be worried about, you know, we need a field goal to win a, an important game and we got a bad hold and the laces are in and all of a sudden we're having that conversation again. Um so love Sam Martin last year and I'm glad to have him back in the fold. Um now speaking of Tyler Dodds or Terrell Dodson, I keep saying Tyler. Um we did have around this time um our our biggest loss of the offseason so far, and obviously that was Tremaine Edmonds and I think anybody that even casually follows this team I guess kind of saw it coming and I'll, I'll say to varying degrees, um, Tremaine Edmonds was, was kind of a, a polarizing, uh, player for the bills. You know, some people absolutely loved him, thought he was the most important piece to the defense. Um, some people were pretty low on him and, you know, thought he never, you know, really lived up to his draft stock. Wasn't, you know, the player that they wanted him to be all that jazz. Um, I land somewhere in between on that. I, I think he was a good to very good player for this defense. Um, I'm not surprised to see him go. And honestly, it, it gives me a lot of concern right now um, of who's going to take that spot. Um, we heard in Brandon Bean's press conference that, you know, his, his replacement might already be on the roster. Um, he kind of squashed the rumors of maybe Milano moving over to to that Mike linebacker position. I'm concerned with what the answer is at the position in the immediate. Um, but overall, I think good for Edmonds. Um, I always liked him as a person with the team. Good for him getting the bag. 
the contract that Chicago gave him, I, I wouldn't have been psyched to see those details come out for the Bills. Um, I think it kind of spelled the end for me when we saw some of the restructures happen and we saw you know Milano kind of get the restructure extension um, type of deal that he got. I, I didn't think that the team was going to have this much money invested in the linebacker position um, going forward, kind of their their contracts running um, congruently. Um, so when I saw that Milano extension, I, I kind of figured it was the end for Tremaine. Um, and then seeing seeing the compensation that he got from Chicago, you know, something like eighteen million per year, fifty million guaranteed. Um, I think it was like seventy two million overall. Like I said. Great for Tremaine. Um, glad to see him get it. it. It's not a contract that I would have been willing to give out. Um, that that's something I want to be handing out to like, uh, like a crazy <laughs> defensive end, uh, top tier wide receiver, um, something like that. Um, not to devalue the linebacker position at all, um, but I just think with with how many strengths we have on the defense and McDermott being, you know, this supposed to be this defensive mastermind, he's kind of looking like he's going to take over the reins. I was kind of hoping low key that Edmonds wouldn't be back and that that money could be kind of reinvested into the offense. Uh, McDermott, you're this great defensive coach. Um, I want to see the free agency money going to the offensive side of the ball I'm not saying everything has to go to the offense, um, but give me meaningful investments on the offense. Give me some meaningful draft capital spent on the offense. McDermott, you have first and second round picks all over that defense already. You have um, pro bowlers. You have um, late round picks that have really turned into great players on the Bills. Take that and you know, the money that we could have used on Edmonds invest into the offense and find a way to cover that up. Um, I kind of put the ball into Sean McDermott's court on, on this one. And I want to see the offense get, get the benefit of that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I want to come back and want to talk about some of the, uh, some of the bigger moves um, that the bills have made thus far in free agency. Stick around. Hey, this is Dick DeGroat, Bill's dad. Now back to the show. Welcome back, and thank you again for joining me on today's episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. I'm going to dive right back in and talk about some of the other moves that the Bills have made in free agency thus far. I'm going to start with one that I didn't like, and then I'll move into one that I did like, and then we'll wrap up with uh, with a few more here. Uh, and the one that I didn't like was bringing back Cam Lewis. Um, now... Earlier in the show, I kind of was talking about, you know, special teams, filling out a roster. These guys are going to be back anyways, all that. Um, And I kind of could put Cam Lewis into the same bucket. Um, But Cam Lewis is just a player for me that uh, I appreciate his time that he's had with the Bills. Um, He's been kind of one of those guys that, they try to replace, they try to do things, and he just kind of sticks around. You know, he goes to the practice squad, something happens, he gets another opportunity. Um, he plays okay, but not great. And then, 
kind of will end up getting exposed. And it, it, for me, it's always like, you know, we're asking a lot out of him. I believe he's an undrafted free agent, you know, who's been able to put together a, a nice little four or five year career here, bouncing between the active roster and the practice squad. Um, that being said, you know, as, as this, you know, depth piece that's been in the system and been around, whatever, fine. Um, it's not an expensive contract. Uh, for me, I think I've seen enough from him that I would have at least been willing to explore some other options out there. And if you get two, three weeks into this free agency, um, he's likely still going to be there. Um, likely have a chance to bring him back at that point. Um, I guess just something that I, I wouldn't have necessarily rushed into. Um, but moving into something I did like, and I actually like this move quite a bit, uh, signing Connor McGovern. And this is a guy that wasn't really on my radar at all. Um, if you've listened to any of the free agency primers or anything like that that we've done, um, I was very high on Nate Davis coming in. And I... Kind of looking looking over McGovern as we added him, kind of affirming where I thought I stood on this. To me, it seems like he's every bit as talented um, as Nate Davis. He's a younger guy, and you got him for a three-year contract here. You know, he was roommates with, uh, teammates with Ryan Bates at uh, Penn State. I kind of like the way that this could all set up that their contracts are going to kind of run together. Um, just great feel for each other in the middle. You know, you can rely on Mitch Morris in the middle. Um, the snowman holding down the left tackle. I think, you know, left to right, those four guys can, can be really solid kind of right off the bat together. Um, and then at the right tackle, you have Spencer Brown and, He's been a little bit up and down, um, but he's getting the benefit of the doubt for me right now. I would like to see some competition still brought in for him um, to at least have like meaningful depth behind him. Um, and who knows, that could be Tommy Doyle. Obviously, you know, was injured a good, good deal of last year. Um, but for me, I feel like Spencer Brown came in you know, didn't have a ton of experience playing tackle. Um, then has the weird COVID season, missed all of last season with a back injury, uh, and, and and kind of was like barely ready to start the season. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, that whole group together. Um, another thing I love about this um, guard signing in McGovern, he's another freak athlete that, you know, just a, another big guy with like some great feet that just has awesome athleticism scores. And it, it's kind of a prototype that the bills like to sign at this point. Um, I think with his age and that athletic bil ability, um, he's kind of been some depth in Dallas and did get some starting experience, but he he's kind of, to me, 
has the potential to to really be coming into his peak. You know, you're you're not paying him for what he's done. You're paying him for what he could do. Um, and I think often in free agency, you you get the opposite of that, and you see it especially with you know some older players. You're you're paying them for the their name, uh, what they've done in the league, and and they might be getting towards um, the declining side of that. You know, for this, I think about Roger Saffold last year. Super excited to see the name and all that, um, but then you're you're kind of paying for the the age and what they've done. Um, I think this pick and a couple uh, or this signing and a couple other ones that I'm going to talk about here uh, are are the converse to that. They're they're players that you know you haven't seen a ton of, but you know you kind of buy into the traits, you kind of see the ascension, you're hoping you catch them right at the right time, you know, um, uh, like a like a team getting hot going into the playoffs. Um, and I'll just transition right into my next guy that I kind of feel like falls into that category. Um, that's Deontay Hardy. Um, for anybody that was out there that was like, who the hell is Deontay Hardy? I did the same thing. Um <laughs> So he did change his last name um, to Hardy. Uh, it was Deontay Harris before. Um, so he had a stepfather who raised him, and he kind of wanted to show his appreciation for that by legally changing his last name to uh, his stepfather's name. I think that's super cool. Uh, I love to see things like that. Um, but he's another player that I think you kind of – I don't want to say bought low on because he did get a decent contract. Um, but somebody who kind of might just be scratching the surface of what they can do in this league. Um, now he is a tiny guy. Um, he's listed at about five, six, one seventy. Um, for reference, he, uh, has about 10 pounds on me and I'm a couple inches taller. So, um, not kind of your prototypical wide receiver build. Um, but I saw this signing as kind of a player that they wanted to come in and fill that McKenzie role that I think they expected on McKenzie last year. And we didn't quite get um, what, what they wanted out of him. And now this did come with the, um, with the cap move of cutting Isaiah McKenzie, um, who I'll, I'll talk about real quick. He is a player that I absolutely loved his personality in the locker room. Um, loved his leadership. I know dudes in the locker room are going to miss, they're going to miss McKenzie, uh, the face of the franchise, little dirty. Um, he's a player that was an absolute blast to root for. Um, we're going to see how this shakes out. I. I think one of two things happens. Dable brings him into the Giants organization or he can kind of sit out there for a little bit and the Bills bring him back, whether that's, you know, a little bit further down the receiver depth charter if we have him as, you know, that the the practice squad guy that we call up in case of an emergency, knows the system, all that. I don't think – I'm, I'm going to predict that we haven't seen the last of McKenzie, um, but as of right now we have. And Deontay Hardy to me is kind of 
the upgraded version of of McKenzie and this is a guy that's not only you know super fast um, he has the ability to work from the slot uh, he played outside with the Saints um, he he really is kind of like this gadget guy build um, that we see so much out of these little fast guys um, but they're those dudes are often like one trick ponies of like get them ball in space and let them go and you don't always see those guys being able to run all the different routes and you know find separation in in more conventional ways I guess um, so he's not just fast he's very quick um, he gets off the line of scrimmage well um, so that that uh, makes him available for an outside guy. Um, all of a sudden, maybe you can have uh, Diggs and Davis on the outside. I'm sorry, Hardy and Davis work the outside and bring Diggs into the slot for a couple of plays. Uh, I know we talked about that in the past on the show. Um, just loving the mismatch that you can create with bringing Diggs into the slot. I think it gives you options. And talked about this a little bit with Hines earlier. This gives you options in the return game as well. Um all-time leader in all of college football history for return touchdowns. Um, the dude is explosive when you get the ball in his hands. And, you know, this can give you an option to have both of them a little bit more involved in the offense. And if you have to deal with an injury to to Naheem Hines, you have that plan in place of, of who's going to replace Hines on, say, you know, kick, kick returns. Um, so I think all around this is, I like this move in so many different ways. Um, I think it gives Josh Allen an option for, you know, the easy passes and easy completion and a guy that can take it to the house from anywhere on the field. Um, I think this gives you the opportunity to open up the screen game. Uh, I think you can get the jet sweeps involved again. Um, I think he gives you, you know, some of the skill set that you're looking for out of, you know, we got it out of Cole Beasley of, you know, the option routes that are friendly for moving the chains. Um, you have a guy that can work outside, um, has the speed to stretch the field. And what I like about this move most of all, um, I think you didn't go out swinging for the fences and who knows what happens. There's, um, still all kinds of time for free agency before the draft. There's time for free agency after the draft. You can add players for quite some time. Maybe they do restructure and move some money around and give Odell Beckham the $20 million that he is looking for. Personally, I would not do that. Uh, but I think I think the move for Hardy here kind of lets you buy low with a high upside, but it also doesn't preclude you from making another move, whether that's adding another free agent, um, wide receiver, whether that's, you know, putting significant, significant draft capital into around one or two receiver. Um, I don't think this stops you from making the move. I think it just bolsters the group. And if you still want to, you know, find your more prototypical wide receiver too, uh, you can do that. And personally, if I was running the organization, I, I would look to do that. Um, you have a decision to make on Gabe Davis's contract coming up. 
um, after this season. Have we seen enough from him to to warrant? You know, he's probably going to get with some of his playoff performances. Um, some of the numbers he's put up, he's probably going to get, you know, $15, 17000000 million a year uh, in free agency. Are, are you ready to commit to that? I don't know if I am. Um, even if I am willing to commit to that, you know, I know we did just um, restructure Diggs. So Diggs is, for anybody worried about him getting traded, it's even less likely to happen right now. Uh, pretty much made sure that he's on the team even longer. Um, but Diggs is getting a little bit older. Um, so even if you were to uh, keep Gabe Davis around, at some point, Diggs isn't going to be on the team anymore. Um so do you want to make a meaningful investment there to kind of plan for that ahead of time? Uh, so we're not scrambling for receivers. Uh, I, like I said, I love this move because I think it gives you the immediate potential for upside, um, but doesn't also doesn't stop you from uh, looking to build towards the future. Um, Dane Jackson was brought back. Um, little confusing situation that I, I still have to get some clarification on. Um, whether he was brought back on the tender, I saw something that Bean had said that he was he was coming back on a one year deal. At any rate, Dane Jackson is back with the team, um, and I've seen a ton of people that did not like this move. I personally absolutely loved it. To me, does Jane does Jane Jackson have um, some shortcomings? Sure. Um, but for what he gave us as a late round draft pick that developed, I mean, this dude was starting for a good amount of games last year. Uh, he had that hit that he took from Terrain Edmonds where honestly, I thought his neck was broken. I was absolutely terrified of him getting up and he was back on the field within a couple weeks, um, played his heart out for this team. And did he leave something to be desired at times? Sure. Um, but for what this team dealt with and the injuries in the secondary last year, um, to be coming into this season with a healthy Trey white, um, Kyrie Elam across from him, Benford in the mix, um, Taron Johnson, if your first guy off the bench is Dane Jackson, um, who's been with the team who played significant, uh, snaps starting last year. Um, and I'll be honest, he he's pretty sticky in coverage. There's just some issues with, um, you know, some issues at the catch point um, where he would be right in position to make the play and just wouldn't quite get there. Um, if if this team was, you know, finished last year as, you know, a top five defense and Dane Jackson was a, a – a, CB two for a good amount of the year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that being <laughs> what we have coming off the bench in case of an injury. Um, could that be, you know, a better player? Could you go sign? I don't know, throw one of these names out there. One of these bigger names, Pat Peterson or something like that. Could you go out and spend more money on a guy like that? Sure. Um, but this is a guy that I'm hoping really doesn't see a ton of action on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe he's involved with special teams. Um, But if he's the depth that I have at cornerback as a guy that started significant snaps for me last year, 
Um, super psyched about that. Uh, Kyle Allen brought in as our quarterback too. Um, so that settled, that's put to rest. Um, this is a move that I'm kind of meh on. Um, I, I was interested in having kind of one of these reclamation projects in, you know, something like Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, whatever. Um, those guys are still getting pretty decent money out there and, um, kind of figured it might happen that there's still teams out there willing to take a little bit of a flyer on a guy that was a top 10 pick um, just a few years ago and, and let him come in and compete. So I wasn't really surprised that those guys weren't available. Jacoby Brissett was somebody that, you know, was on my radar. Um, ended up signing for, I think, $8 million, something like that. Um, so as far as the value goes and, and all that, um, I like that you know, Kyle Allen, first of all, is cheap. Um, it's good buddies with Josh Allen. That's cool. Um, and I do like that he, while he wasn't an outstanding starting quarterback, I like that for the contract you can give him, he does have a good amount of starts in the NFL. It's not like this is some, you know, fifth round rookie that, you're just going to throw in there and you have no idea what he can do in the NFL. Um, we saw a lot of starts from him in Washington. We saw him get starts in Carolina. Um, there's a body of work to look at um, when you're looking at um, who Kyle Allen is as a quarterback. Um, the primary function for me here of being an actual um, backup quarterback do I think if Josh Allen is out for five games, he can win two, three of them with the roster um, around him? I think it's possible. Um, I think that kind of just getting by, we have a really good defense. We're going to have some offensive pieces around him. I, I think a lot of people have this expectation of, you know, bringing in a, a, quarterback two that's like you know if Josh Allen misses 14 games are we still going to be in the playoffs like if Josh Allen misses 14 games we're fucked um the team is built around Josh he the team goes as Josh Allen goes um but even at that you know it's not like Kyle Allen went out there and started in the NFL and had a you know own 26 record he's thrown touchdowns. He's won games. Um, I have some degree of confidence if he has to come in to, um, fill a, fill a couple games. Um, cause Josh is resting, resting up an injury, whatever. Um, hopefully, uh, once we're through preseason, we don't have to see him do anything but take a snap and take a knee. Um, so in that regard, I'm, I'm good with the move. I don't really need, uh, eight to ten million dollar investment there um my my choices end up being with how tight this team is on cap space of like do i want a backup quarterback that i could feel a little bit better about in kyle allen or do i want a backup quarterback in say jacoby Brissett, who's seven million dollars more and i still don't feel great <laughs> if they're playing um i would rather take take that cap savings that you get from having somebody you have a little less faith faith in and 
worry more about the roster that I'm putting a, uh, around the, you know, best quarterback that we've seen on the team since Jim Kelly. Give him everything that you can um, to be successful. Last but not least, talking about giving Josh Allen things that will make him successful. It's on the other side of the ball, but hey, it's a team game. And absolutely love to see this. Uh, Jordan Poyer's back, baby. Um, I know a lot of people thought that at one point that it was kind of uh, Poyer's going to walk so you can keep Tremaine. And then uh, Shefty dropped a bomb that it was, you know, Bills are planning on losing both. And Poyer obviously just meant so much to this team last year. Um, 0-3 when he wasn't in the lineup and then undefeated until that loss against the Bengals with him in the lineup. Um, just showed a ton of guts last year, uh, playing through injuries, driving to Kansas City to play in a game because he wasn't cleared to fly. He, we've all watched him you know, throughout his tenure with the Bills, and what he's meant to this team He's a player that I'd really like to see finish his career and retire with the Bills. And for me, I think it just would have been kind of a really, really rough way to go of, you know, seeing him play through a real banged up season, um, not being able to play with his buddy Micah Hyde all year. Um, I'm really glad that we get to see the two of them play together. Uh, uh, I can't wait to see what it looks like between the two of them. Kyrie Elam getting his second year in the system. Uh, at some point, you're going to get Von Miller back healthy. Um, Daquan Jones, Groot, Milano. I, I don't know, Bernard at linebacker <laughs> next to Milano. I feel a lot better about replacing Tremaine Edmonds and being able to cover up maybe one weakness if you know it's not filled through the draft if we don't get a player that we want in free agency if we have one weak link to cover up on that defense and it's the linebacker spot I feel a ton better doing it with um, Poyer and Hyde back there they make up for so much on the defense and they they just work together so well as a unit super psyched to see them playing together um and I really liked hearing Poyer talk about, you know, he was psyched to be playing with Hyde again. Um, you know, he wanted to come back because they have unfinished business. I think these dudes are super motivated to get it done. I think they want to win one together. And I guess just he's one of my favorite players on the team for what he does on the field and was just as the safety market kind of just kept sitting there, sitting there, and I, I say it like they were sitting there for months, you know. It was like two days of free agency, which um, a lot happens in those couple days. So as he kept sitting there, I, I started feeling like there was a chance, there was a chance. Uh, Von Bell comes off the board. Jesse Bates comes off the board. Uh, Marcus Epps. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, you know, kind of these these holes are being filled throughout the league. Maybe there's a chance. And then, you know, Get that update and through the moon. Super happy that Poyer's back. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, things go fast in free agency. So 
uh, by the time you're you're getting this episode, probably two, three more moves have happened. Uh, we're going to keep you up to date as best we can. Um, if we get a little bit behind, I'm still going to talk to you about all the moves they make, um, what I think about the moves, um, where I think they'll be going next. So um, stick around next week. We'll talk about any other things that changed. If there's not much motion in the free agency market, we might start looking towards the draft. Um, we'll kind of play it by ear with, with how this, the off season progressive progresses here. Um, like I said, there, there could be nothing that happens next week. There could be eight transactions. So, uh, stay tuned, tune in Monday and, um, we'll give you all our thoughts when we get there. Um, thank you again for joining me on today's episode and go bills.